Real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast, be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. If you haven't already, be sure to grab your free copy of my first two books, Frugalpreneur and Authorpreneur, by going to thesarahstjohn.com forward slash free. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash free. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today is an entrepreneur, business coach, seven times author, speaker, podcaster, and digital marketer. He's been selling online since 1997 and has created and sold a wide range of products and services, such as information products, desktop software, WordPress plugins, membership sites, online courses, and more. Welcome, Ravi Jacobal. Hey, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. You left out one important piece uh, in my intro. I'm Is a, it the ventriloquist part? I'm a, I'm a terrible amateur ventriloquist. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about putting that in there, but I was like, I'm not sure if he wants me to. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's part of my identity, being a terrible ventriloquist. <laughs> Are you familiar with Terry Fader and... Oh, yeah. Jeff Dunham. Yeah, all those. Jeff Dunham was the OG who got it, got me into trying ventriloquism. Yeah, I've seen Terry Fader once or twice, but I think that's about it. So for the, the listeners who may not be familiar with you, and of course, I did kind of go over a lot of stuff in the intro, but can you tell us a little bit of your background, how you got into the online space of like membership sites and plugins and whatnot? Uh, let me give a quick background. I don't want to get too much too long into it in my history. But basically, I was living in India before 2000. And in 97, my wife got pregnant with our first daughter. This was 97, 98. I had already started dabbling in online stuff. I had an internet cafe in India, one of the first, actually the, the second internet cafe in my state. So I, I had previously come to the U.S. for six months in 95. So I had gotten a taste of the internet. So I wanted to go back and start something in India in my hometown. And a friend walked in and said, hey, can you create a website for me to impress my girlfriend? And that's how I got started into creating websites. And I started learning HTML, PHP. And I, I started my uh, website for about baby names because my wife, we were having our first daughter in 98. So I started looking around for Indian baby names. I couldn't find any. So I said, I'll let me start a website. And then I was trying to sell a baby names book from a very famous Indian author. And I just couldn't sell it because e-commerce was, you know, practically non-existent in India at the time. And the U.S. merchants would not allow me to participate because I was considered a high-risk vendor living in India. So one of the companies was charging me $10 a transaction. So if I sold a book right now, PayPal charges 3%, right? On an on average. So if I sold a $10 book, I would pay PayPal right now 30 cents. But back then, because I was a high risk vendor, if I char sold a book for $10, I would have to pay the merchant $10 just for the transaction. So I ended up charging like $25 for a $3 book just to you know make some profits. And that's when I decided we have to go where the action is. And my wife and I, we decided to move to the U.S. And then 
I continued as I got into my first job, I was still dabbling with, you know, AdSense and baby names and all kinds of stuff to monetize. And then I got into PHP programming because I was already a programmer and I wanted to sell those scripts like PHP scripts back there was no wordpress yet at the time so even for a simple contact us form you had to basically hire somebody to create a php script on your website and upload it to and then change open the php file change what is the from name what is the this one you know what where should it go to do you want to cc the person you have to configure everything in a php script so i decided to make that script and make it customizable and made the website is still there, if you want to take a look at it, it's mywebmasterinabox.com. It's super old, and I just kept it there for archaic purposes, right? And just to, to look at uh, old memories, <laughs> so it's still there, but it doesn't work. So I started selling PHP scripts, and then I started trying to sell eBooks on my website, babynamesindia.com. At the time, again, another extinct site. So then I was trying to figure out how to protect content, how to sell something, and then take the buyer to a page where they can download something. And back in the day, PayPal allowed you to create a link in the buy button itself, which told you where to send them after the sale, right? So when you create the buy button, you would enter the URL of your thank you page. So if you're smart enough, you could go to somebody's website who was accepting PayPal payments, just do a view source. You could see the URL of the thank you page right there and go there and download it, download whatever without having to pay for it. So next question became, okay, how do I prevent that from happening? So basically trying to do those things myself as a marketer, as somebody who's trying to sell digital products, that's how I started tinkering with PHP and, and figuring out how to protect content. That was the, the very, very old, the initial version of what eventually became digitalaccesspass.com, the membership plugin for WordPress. So trying to sell digital content, trying to protect it, making sure unauthorized users don't download it, stuff like that. And that's how I got got into the early version of what you would call a membership site. And then later, WordPress came along and it was like, you know, a gift to both developers and creators. So I started working on the early, early, early version of digitalaccesspass.com. And then my wife joined the company and then she took it. Now, now I'm totally hands off. Uh, she has taken the company to a whole new level with a lot of different plugins. So all credit to her. Together, you know, we, we were able to grow Digital Access Pass in the early years, as well as last few years, she has been taking, she has taken over the company and she is in charge of development and the team and, and the vision and everything else. And it's it's been fantastic. Wow. That's awesome. So yeah. And you also have the smart pay cart com and s3 yeah, again, again that's the the brainchild of Vina <laughs> prachant my wife so Aww. yeah and wicked cool plugins as well as her, correct. her thing we have, as well correct yeah we have a bunch of plugins so i have a few plugins like you know coldcast player and mm. s3 media vault and so she's managing dap and and her plugins i'm managing a few of my plugins and then we have a whole bunch of i take care of a bunch of operations and into coaching and my podcast and so on yeah, I just recently found out about you probably like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago or something. The the membership podcast or subscribe me.fm. I just binge that podcast and I love it. And it's so jam-packed because your episodes are relatively short, but it's so jam-packed. It doesn't have a bunch of filler and stuff. It gets to the point and it's so helpful. And because I'm just now thinking about creating a course. And so I was searching for podcasts about membership sites and courses and whatnot. And uh, your podcast is also pretty funny too. Like you, sometimes you sing at the beginning and oh, it's, yeah. it's just so entertaining. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. 
Glad you like it. So when someone's thinking about starting a membership site or a course, at what point does it make sense to have that within your business? Or how do you decide and launch one? Right. So a membership site at, at its very heart is basically a restricted area, right? So you don't have to have like a massive course or or membership recurring subscription thing for $50 a month, you know, to create a membership site. You can create it from day one. In the sense, if you want, let's say you're giving away a free ebook or a Kindle book, right? Or a PDF version of a Kindle book. You can say, sign up here and you'll get access to my Kindle book, right? So they put in the email, their first name and email. There are two ways to do this. Now you can just simply put them to your onto your email list, email provider, Aweber, MailChimp, whatever, ConvertKit, and then just send them a link to the download. Just send them a link to the page where they can download the PDF, right? But then that page would not be protected. So if you want to make it more exclusive, then you say, hey, sign up here, and then you'll get access. And then they get a login to your membership site, though you are not don't have technically a subscription or any fancy stuff yet. It's just an ebook. So they log in. The process of logging in to access something right there is your basic concept of a membership site because now they are a member, even though they're a free member. They haven't paid anything. There's no major online course. They're just downloading a PDF. So instead of just giving them a link to an open PDF on your website, you can put it behind a membership site where they have to log in because now they're a member, uh, a free member, and then they log in. And that process of logging in gives your content just a little bit more exclusivity because now they feel like there's exclusive access. If it's just public, they can share the link with anybody. Anybody can go and get there bypassing your sign-up form, which means even though they're not stealing you know, your paid content, it's still bypassing your sign-up form, right? And you are missing out on building those leads, especially if you have a really valuable free lead magnet. Like I give away my Kindle books all the time, paid Kindle books. So I don't mind people downloading it for free, but I want to be able to have access to you know their e- at least their email so that I can know and maybe I can send more valuable stuff in the future if they want to get off of it you know there's, there's just one unsubscribed link away from that that's not a problem but I want to be be able to at least contact them and not just see you know people downloading it without even subscribing right like it's just an email subscription so that's the very low end of a membership site so you can have it right from day one and then you then you scale it then you say then you send an email that says hey you have bought this PDF, you have signed up for this free PDF. I have a video course about this. Click here to sign up. Now they get a buy button, automated, right? You you set up an autoresponder. It goes up, goes after whatever, seven days, 14 days, whatever. And then says, by the way, I have a video course that goes into all these things, blah, blah, blah. And then it's just a three-day course or whatever, three-hour course. And then you send them a link with the buy button or to the, the sales page. And then they go there, they read your sales page, they click buy. A few seconds after they buy, they're automatically logged in to the members area and they're able to download or watch the video or listen to the audio or download the PDF, whatever your course is. So again, it smoothens the process of the buying and the member creation and logging in and then the forgot password. So membership site is not just about preventing access. It is about enabling the whole groundwork of your e-commerce, the process of the buying, the registration, the creation of the member process, the members area, 
delivering the audio, video, PDF, whatever it is in a secure way, in a scalable way. You don't want to store it on your own website because if you find people try to access it, your server will start uh, sputtering and your website will go down. And so you want to store your videos on S3. Some people will say, I'll store it on Vimeo. That's fine. But Vimeo only stores video. What about audio? What about PDF and zip and doc files, right? So you want something scalable and secure. So you start putting together all the needs because right on day one, your need might just be, I want to give a PDF. I want them to download it. That's fine, right? I just want to deliver a PDF and collect an email. Then it's about, okay, I want to protect that page that downloads with the PDF because I don't want everybody to access it. And then I want to automatically create a membership so that they don't keep asking me, hey, where do I download that? Because that used to happen in the beginning, right? That early 2000s when I was creating the PHP scripts, I was able to create a script where after paying with PayPal, they would go to a page and that page would only work once for downloading and it'll be secure and they could download it. But then three months later, that person is contacting the site owner saying, hey, I, I deleted the book or lost it or whatever. My cat ate my PDF, whatever. And, and then now they want to download it. Now the owner, the, the creator, is there's no automated members area. There's no place where they can go and say, forgot password. Send me my password. So they're constantly getting bombarded with support requests. Say, please send it to me again. Please do this. I can't access it. I'm not able to download it. You don't want all the hassle, right? want to protect content and I, I, I want to automate members member creation i want to automate the payments because whether it's one-time payment or a recurring payment i want it to be automated and i want the payment processing every time it processes after 30 days or, or one year i want the members access to be extended if they stop paying i want it to be taken away or paused or again then do you want them to keep access to the content that they have already paid for or if they stop paying, they lose everything, like Netflix, right? Netflix is you stop. You don't get to keep the movies that you watched before, right? So if you stop paying, you, that's it. You can't access any movies. Or on the other side, you can have a one-time course, or you can have courses in your recurring membership where they're paying for every month. They get to download so many things, and they keep access to it forever, even if they go, down, go on to cancel, right? So you want all these features, and you may not think of everything right away, but you want something as you want to use a system that has thought of this for you and created it for you and is ready waiting for you to implement them when you're ready right that's the key because membership sites moving membership sites is almost as hard as moving from one house to another right if you've ever moved before you know how how painful it is packing up everything putting it in boxes and and going to the post office change of address bills everything right it's not as big in scale but as equally as much as of a hassle because now you're you have to move your member data your the passwords the the, the profile information to a different system which which may or may not accept what your old membership site system had so you don't want to take it too lightly and say i don't need all that feature so i'll worry about it later it, that is fine when you're buying a car, when you're single and you're, you buy a two-seater and then you, by the time you're ready to get married and have kids, you can the car is old, you sell it off or give it away and, and then move. that's easy. It's not easy with a membership site. And you can even move regular websites from one host to another. They'll even move it for you for, you for free. But moving from one, it's almost like moving from an iPhone to an Android and trying to take all the apps with you. You can't right? iPhone, iOS has its own apps, its own way of storing stuff, its own features that you are not portable to a Android device and vice versa. So you want to just be careful and 
think the whole process and you, you so you, you want to get started with the membership site from day one, even mm-hmm. if it's just uh, offering a free PDF. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. So I mean, I probably should get mine started. I haven't officially started my membership site yet, but probably in the next like month or so. And so I've been checking out Digital Access Pass and compared to all the other plugins and whatever, it it seems like it's so comprehensive, like it covers everything you could possibly need. And then, of course, with the smart pay cart that you would integrate in with it, you could build one click order bumps and upsells and downsells, almost like having click funnels, basically, but inside of WordPress. Right, um, exactly. Uh, smart. If you have digital access pass, smart pay cart and S3 Media Vault, those three plugins you can do pretty much anything, any of these other systems too, because DAP also comes with its own email processing, affiliate module, and, and SPC has the one-click upsells, downsells, and order bumps, everything, anything you can think of. So all the payment stuff is covered there. Yeah, and I was looking specifically for something that had the affiliate option there, and I think y'all are one of the only ones maybe. But yeah, and as far as S3 Media Vault, I've already talked with you about that, so I understand it now. But explain to the listeners why you would want that. So when you store a file, like a video, small files are fine. PDFs and zips and docs are fine. They're, you know, 50K, uh, half MB, one MB at most. But when it comes to audio and video, you're talking about 25 MB, 50 MB, 100 MB files, huge files. So the way a website works is a server, every time somebody accesses a file, it keeps a connection open to that viewer, to that person who requested that file for the entire duration of the download, right? So if you just store the files on your own website, that is fine. But the second you try to protect that and make it available through, you know, protect it through PHP or whatever program you're trying to protect it, the problem is now the PHP also has to run the whole time right? It's like keeping the engine running the whole time of the car for one person. And then now suddenly, if you have 50 people or 500 people or 5,000 people trying to access multiple videos, now all those processes start trying to come up and, and keep the downloads links alive for all of those people simultaneously. And then your site starts sputtering. Even if you have like a big time VPS or dedicated server, that is there. you should not be storing files on your own server. That's the reason CDN was what the concept of a CDN content delivery network was created, right? Like Amazon CloudFront and Akamai, like Netflix, all these companies, every single company uses a CDN to deliver content because the the web server is not meant for delivering content. It is not large files. So it is a CDN's work to take large files, cache it in clouds around the world, so that if my website in the US and a person in India is accessing, it'll deliver just as fast compared to somebody accessing if my hosting is in San Diego, in California, and somebody in San Diego trying to visit it. The same speed will happen. So it's not like if your website is stored in one place and the, the packets are coming from all over the world to one place. It's not like that. When it's a CDN, it's like having a distributed setup of your website and having it in all these little clouds over different countries, right? Imagine you're a copy of your website is in uh, above Asia, above India, and, and, and so on, Japan, and so on, right? And every time somebody from one of those countries access it, it's, it loads equally fast for them. Otherwise, if I access a website that is hosted in India or China, it'll be a lot slower for me if they don't use a CDN. 
So that's why it's important to use a CDN like CloudFront, which is Amazon Web Services, right? So S3, Amazon S3 is like Dropbox. It's a hard disk in the cloud. You pick one location, try to pick the location of where most of your customers are. So for me, for my baby names book, for example, most of my customers would be in India. But for my plugins, WordPress plugins, most of my customers would be in the U.S., and Canada. So I need to pick a location for this bucket or folder, which stores all the files in the location closest to where most of my customers are. And then I add a CDN to it. So now you're like, as I'm talking through this, probably a bunch of people's eyes glazed over and saying, oh, stop, stop being so technical, right? That's why you can't, regular non-technical folks cannot deal with all this what's s3 what's cloudfront what is streaming what is blah blah right you don't want to deal with that that's why you use a plugin like amazon like s3 media vault which allows you to upload files to s3 you can create a streaming file so streaming versus progressive downloads is different when you just access mp4 on the on the web that is called a progressive download because it's one file it progressively downloads to your computer to your cache and the cat and the and your browser is playing it through the cache, which is why if the file doesn't stop downloading halfway through, your computer stops playing it, right? So, or the other advantage of a progressive download, which is 99% of the world's regular website downloads are progressive downloads, right? So if you click on something, if it is slow, you let it buffer, right? You where it keeps going and slowly downloading, you can see the gray bar in the video player keep moving, which means it's downloading. And then you can go have a coffee or do some chore and come back and it'll be done. But with streaming, true streaming means the video is playing as it's coming in. So think of it as you're like a TV, right? As your TV, you can't download, you're not downloading the program. It is you're playing it the packets in real time. The data is coming in in real time for your local news provider and your TV is displaying it. If you turn off the TV, you, you can't watch the program anymore, right? Now, they invented DVRs, which basically stores and downloads it so that you can pause and rewind and stuff. But in reality, it's a, it's a stream of data. The regular TV or cable TV is basically a regular stream. So if what if you wanted to do streaming of your videos where for some reason, if you have a lot of piracy in your in your niche, then you don't want people to be able to download your videos or your audio. So you want to stream your audio and video. So how do you do that? So that's what uh, S3 Media Wall takes care of. It takes away the burden of delivering the large files like video, audio from your website. You can deliver it using a beautiful player, audio player, video player. You can do playlists. You can do transcriptions of your audio and video. So it gives a whole bunch of features that you would it would take you you know hundreds of hundreds of hours of programming to to figure out yourself so instead it packages all that nicely yeah and it protects it too from someone being able to download it uh, i mean unless you set it up to allow downloads whereas you know or being able to share it because i guess some people might be like well, why couldn't i just upload the video to youtube but then it can get shared everywhere so right if in on youtube a lot of people don't realize it is they think that listing it as private means it is secure it's not it doesn't appear in searches if you if you have a private video on youtube it won't appear in searches nobody can just stumble upon it but once somebody does have the access to the link then they can share it and anybody who has that link can watch that video so if you list if you embed a private video from youtube on your website if somebody does just does a view source or actually youtube even shows you the icon right there at the bottom right corner of the player 
they can click on it and go right to that video on YouTube. Now it's open season, right? They have the link to that video. And once they're on YouTube, you cannot do anything to prevent access. Plus, it's against the terms of service to list private videos only and then embed them on your website. Because at some point, YouTube will say your channel, You'll one day you'll just get a notice saying your channel has been suspended. And you, you can't really argue with them. I've had a legitimate channel for S3 Media Vault, which had a lot of documentation videos. I was not doing any private videos, nothing. I just wanted to do a bunch of content marketing videos for S3 Media Vault back in the day. And it had a bunch of videos on how to do this, how to do that, right? And it had like 20 videos. And one day a customer said, and none of your videos on your documentation page are working. And I went on my YouTube channel was suspended and I never could get it back. So if, if you're doing it for content marketing videos now imagine if you if you do that for your private videos your premium videos and your channel goes down now your all your members membership videos are done you never know what will happen and why it doesn't even have to be anything illegal or shady you for just doing everything right you can still your channel can still get suspended so you don't want to put your premium content on YouTube. And then what are the advantages of having a membership site on WordPress versus a Thinkific or a Teachable, a Udemy, ClickFunnels, whatever? Right. I have a word for it. Not, it's not my word, but they call it digital sharecropping, right? So sharecropping is a concept of where rich landowners used to let people, farmers, grow crops on their lands and then one day they would decide that, okay, done, this is, your, this is my land, move out, right? So if you put your content on somebody else's platform, you always run the risk of that something going wrong, right? Maybe you, will, you don't agree with something that happened with their CEO, they did something, maybe their political party or religious bias or something they said something you find out that they are biased about your community or your religion or your party or something they're against it or they change the rates overnight they sell their soul <laughs> so to speak and they sell it to a company which like facebook <laughs> which you can't stand and now or microsoft and they're going to screw everything up right you never know if companies get bought and sold all the time plus it's also like sometimes with these third-party platforms it's like i don't know if you've used uh Phones before the iPhone, there used to be a flip phone or the very basic phone, which had all the features fixed. There were no apps, right? This was before, way before the iPhone. It was just a regular phone that had a dial and it had, you had to try very hard to do anything like a calculator or something. You had to really work for it to, to find even like three apps on the phone. And if the phone creator did not create any extra apps, you could not download any extra apps, right? It was fixed. Whatever they gave you is what you could use. If it came with a calculator and a camera, that was it. You could not install anything else. Then iPhone came, the App Store came, and you can say, I want camera app. Oh, I don't want this camera app, but I want that camera app. I want a camera that did this, right? And uh, adds filters and, and makes me look funny or whatever. So that's the difference. So with the third-party system, their platform determines what the features of the platform are, right? So with WordPress, it's just like Apple says, there's an app for that. With WordPress, there's a plugin for that. You want to do this? Drop this plugin. You want social media? Do this. You want TikTok videos on your on your web, WordPress site? There's a plugin for that. You want Patreon feed to be there? You want Instagram to be there? Now, if it's a third-party provider, 
they cannot possibly create 5,000 features a month, right? It's impossible. But with WordPress, it's not centralized. It's not one company that's creating the features. It's developers like me, my wife, Veena Prashant, and 10 million uh, WordPress plugins. Everybody's creating all these little features. So you want something? It's there right now. You can just some most of them are free some of them are super super inexpensive and you you buy them and you drop them I, you want uh, social share plugins right there in a certain way got it you can do that everything is customizable so i actually talked about this on my podcast i call it the reverse spider-man effect where if you're a geek you probably know about the spider-man quote from from uncle peter where it says with great power comes great responsibility that's what uncle peter tells spider-man i i call it the reverse spider-man effect where with to have great power you first have to take great responsibility and that's what wordpress is because wordpress is a lot harder in the, the first phase of getting going a membership site is a lot harder compared to signing up for a thinkific right or a kajabi or something like that there are very few options but they're Everything is, you log in, it's like using Gmail, you do stuff, it only works in certain ways. You can get faster off the ground with a Thinkific or a Teachable or something. But WordPress, it takes slightly longer, but it's like the hare and the rabbit kind of story where you, you long run, WordPress is going to pay off for you because there's a plugin for everything. You're not dependent on one company to support and add, keep adding features. You can imagine if you could only, you could buy a TV which came with a toaster, a video DVD player, an MP3 CD player, and internet Wi-Fi router, right? Would you buy that? Or would you buy the best-in-class TV, the best-in-class DVD player, the best router available, right? And then when something goes wrong, you swap something out. You, you buy when something improves, you just improve the Wi-Fi router. Or now, if you have everything was packed into one thing, and it was also your refrigerator and your cooler and everything else, one thing breaks, the whole thing breaks, and you cannot add new things to that system. It's because it's a monolith. But with WordPress, it's best in class. You want to pop in uh, Aweber, Mailchimp, you can do that. You want uh, plugins specifically built for that platform, no problem. You want a best in class membership, get digital access pass, or get some, or, or just whatever else. You want S3 plugin? You want to store your files on S3? Get S3 Media Vault. You want to store your files on Google Cloud, or you want to change for whatever reason? Get a plugin for that, so you can mix and match. So that power is it has you know comes with responsibility, right? You take on the responsibility of installing WordPress, figuring out what plugins are the best. You, so you, there is a little bit more work for you as a creator, but that also gives you tremendous, infinite flexibility of using the best-in-class features. Yeah, that's what I love about WordPress so much is just the flexibility and you can customize it in any way you want. And because before, I think I was doing like Wix or Weebly or something, but I switched to WordPress, I don't know, a year or two ago. And it is kind of, you know, complicated at first, but once you get the hang of it and know how it works, it becomes like second nature. And then like with digital access pass and all those, I mean, based on the, the videos I've watched on it and the screenshots, it looks like, I mean, as far as WordPress can go, it's pretty <laughs> simple and straightforward. So one other question I had was <laughs> the dog poo versus dosa. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you could go over that a little bit. Sure. So in trying to compare and contrast 
one-time products and one-time effort versus recurring products and digital subscriptions, which keep paying for itself over time, I came up with the concept of dog poo versus dosa. So dosa, if you have ever eaten at Indian restaurant, it's an Indian delicacy, right? So it was a play on those words. So dog poo stands for D-O-G-P-O-O, stands for do once, get paid only once. And dosa is D-O-S-A-A, I added an extra A. It's not the actual Indian dish doesn't have the extra A. But dosa is do once, sell again and again. So dog poo stinks, dosa rocks. So that was the analogy I was trying to make in showing that if you do something one time, right? Like if you are doing freelancing or if you go for a job or if you do a single source task that gets, gets you paid like a gig, you, that gets you paid once, then that's it. You do once, get paid only once. It's very hard to duplicate that, right? If you're doing custom work for clients, then it's not easy to take the same thing and sell it to somebody else because the other client's requirements are different. The project is different. Their needs and their vision is different. Everything is different. No two videos editing are the same. No two podcast edit- editing is the same, so on. But if you sell an online course or a PDF or a digital book or a Kindle book, whatever it is, a digital product, you create once. So you do once, get paid again and again. You can sell the same thing over and over and over again to multiple people. So you do the work once, but you get paid over and over again. And that that was the concept of uh, DocPo versus Dosa, which is going to basically trying to say that Whatever you do, it's fine to start with a one-time product. I also talk about that in my in my podcast. Don't just try to, because everybody's promoting subscriptions, doesn't mean you also should start you know, with a subscription because you in the beginning, you don't have enough value created for your members for them to have to pay $5, $10 a month. So you might think, okay, I'm going to take a $20 ebook and I'm going to split it into a $2 a month subscription. That is not a subscription. You are just creating a payment plan to pay over 10 months. And now after third month, their credit card is going to fail or they're going to move or the the bank is going to change and you're going to have so many hassles. So if you can, in the beginning, sell a one-time, cheaper one-time product and make it a one-time payment because it's easy to collect $20 in one go or $10 in one go rather than $1 for 10 months. Right? So you don't want the billing hassle, the recurring hassle of credit cards changing, PayPal information changing. You don't want to run after them to collect the money and so on. So the payment plan is not a subscription. But once you add a few more things, so you start with a one-time product with a PDF, and then you add a video course related to that. Then you add a WordPress plugin or a software product or, or something else or coaching. or So you keep layering products over each other. And then at one point, you, you will know that this is ready for a subscription. Now you can charge $20 a month, $10 a month, start small. And then as you get more members, make every member an affiliate so that they can start promoting your thing from day one. They, they'll go and find new members for you. And that's how you build your audience. And as, as thing, your community grows and your affiliates grow, they're promoting more. Now you increase the price, you give out more commissions. So that's how you scale. Yeah, I love that. That dog poo versus dosa. That's so fun. <laughs> well, I really appreciate your time today. We've gone over a lot and people can, of course, listen to your podcast at subscribeme.fm. And then there's digitalaccesspass.com, smartpaycart.com, s3mediavault.com, and several others that I'll link to in my show notes because you have several eBooks and whatnot at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash Ravi. Ravi? Ravi. 
<laughs> the, the pure pronunciation would be Ravi. Ravi. Okay. And it's R-A-V-I. Yeah, but Ravi is fine. Was there anything else you wanted to go over before we end? If you are listeners, you just tell them to email me, Ravi at subscribeme.fm, and I'll send them one of my Kindle books for free. Oh, okay, awesome. I have like three books about podcasting. They, they can request either one, and I'm happy to send them a copy. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed and found value from this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you rate, review, subscribe, and share at ratethispodcast.com forward slash frugalpreneur. Until next time. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack. Connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.